So do you think in 1988, when Tracy Chapman released Fast Cars, that she would have ever imagined that 36 years later, she would be on stage at the Grammys singing it with Luke Combs, a country artist, right? So imagine it's like 1988 and you got your big shoulder pad jacket on with your Z Cavariccis and your members only jacket and your Capizio shoes. And you walk up to Tracy Chapman back then and say, hey, listen, like, uh, I know you're this young black lesbian folk singer, but guess what? Right before your 60th birthday, you're going to be standing on stage with this white straight guy singing for millions of people on the Grammy Awards. And you're going to make everyone in the nation sit up straight, listen intensely, cry, reminisce, and feel a warmth in their heart. And for a fraction of a moment, all that that divides us in the U.S. is going to wash away. It's going to just simply erode and for that split moment, you and this guy, you're going to unite us. Right? Who would have ever imagined? And we, we need more moments like that these days. At least, you know, I think we do. We're, we're so far apart. But let's just talk about how beautiful Tracy Chapman was, though. Right? She was born in, I think, 1964. She's going to be 60 this year, right? How absolutely beautiful was she with her long gray hair? And how about even who joined her that night? Joni Mitchell. There was Annie Lennox and Brandi Carlisle. There's Beyonce and SZA and of course, right? Everyone's favorite, Taylor. How absolutely beautiful were all of these women at the Grammys this year in such a, an array of life stages, right? Women in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, <laughs> 70s. How absolutely beautiful was that, right? Brandy Carlisle wrote a wonderful song. I've loved Brandy for years and so many people are just discovering her. But she wrote a wonderful song called The Story. And there's a line from that song that I just absolutely adore. And it says, all of these lines upon my face will tell you the story of who I am. And that sentence has always been such a remarkable sentence for me because I think it just encompasses the joy of, of being a woman who has gotten older and who keeps getting older, thank goodness. And look at the joy that goes along with that. Like, I like my gray hair. I'm okay with my gray hair. Actually, I've always liked my gray hair. And the lines in my face, well, they really do tell the story of who I am. And there's so much more to me than just this 55-year-old therapist professor who teaches, 
right? The lines on my face, they, they, they let you know that there's been heartache and heartbreak. They let you know that there's been elation and love and joy and defeat and discrimination and accomplishment and pride and everything in between. So yeah, all of these lines upon my face do tell you the story of who I am. So when I see Tracy Chapman, God, and that smile she had, right? That her cheeks were just beaming. She had pure joy. And I see her gray hair outline her face. Or I see Joni Mitchell with her aged body walking with a cane. And I think to myself, right on, ladies, look at who you are and all of the stories you have to tell and embrace the joy and ecstasy of it all. So I think right now, actually, today, today's podcast, it might be really cool to let's have this open and honest conversation about aging today. Right. So listen, if you're under 50 and you're listening, you better perk up your ears because what I am about to tell you is the cold, hard facts. And you can listen and you can think, oh, that won't be me because I was there years ago saying that's not going to happen to me. But I'm here to tell you it will be. I promise you that. I mean, think about it. Remember when we were teenagers and we just wanted to fit in and we just wanted to have um, a connection with people and wear the right clothes and have our hair the right way. We didn't want to stand out at all, right? We wanted to, to have our core group of people and we never thought about anything as it relates to our body. Um, the shittiest part was we would probably always get our period Murphy's law whenever there was a school dance or, or we were going away on vacation. Right. But then when we got into our twenties, um, think about it. Like, I don't care what your pant size was or your bra size. The bottom line is our skin was unblemished and taut and supple. We didn't have marks on us at all. Um, and think about the energy we had, right? If we needed to push our bodies and our minds to do things we could, right? I can remember working doubles or going out at 11 o'clock at night, right? I'd get in the shower at 10 and I'd be at the club by 11 and I'd be rolling in at 3 a.m. And I'd have to be at work at 8 o'clock. And the thing is, I did it. I didn't miss a beat. Maybe I was a little tired, but... I would even proudly have the remnants of the ink stamp on my hand to show where I went and what I did the night before. And I worked the full day. I didn't bitch and moan. I just had a great night and I worked the full day. We didn't even think about that stuff when we were in our 20s. So going back to being in my 20s and on and off I was living at my parents house the house I grew up in but I can remember 
that around that age is when I would watch my mom shuffle into the bathroom two or three times a night, right? She, I don't think her eyes would even be open. She wouldn't even bother turning on the light or closing the bathroom door. And probably just because she was so fucking tired from raising us kids and keeping our family going and working full time. And she would sit forever trying to pee just a little. And I remember sitting in my room thinking, what the hell is she doing in there? And then I would eventually hear her shuffle back to bed. And she would do that a couple times a night. And I remember thinking, like, I'm not going to be that way, right? I'm going to empty my bladder completely before I go to bed. I'm going to take better care of my body. She needs to start taking better care of herself. Right? And, and she did it like every night, right? By that point, she was in her 50s and I was in my 20s. And I thought, that's crazy. That ain't going to happen to me. So then I, I go into my 30s and with my 30s, all right, okay, I got sober, but still, right, overall in general, we moved a little slower, but we still didn't have to think about our bodies. We just did shit, right? Our body did what we told it to do. Aside from having shitty cramps when we were about to get our periods, our bodies and our minds were just there. Like if you're in your 30s, you don't think about your knee miscellaneously, right? Or you don't think about your shoulder miscellaneously. Your body is just there. You know, we had the biggest choices in our 30s was like what color hair we wanted. And back then, right, in our 30s or when you're in your 30s, ladies, you're, you could start to afford like nicer haircuts, pedicures, manicures, maybe, right? You're working full time and a better career, um, we started to have more freedom and autonomy. Honest to God, when I was uh, in my 30s, I really did. I, I thought I had the world by the balls. I knew it all. I could do it all. And uh, life was awesome, right? Here's the funny thing, too, that happens for some women in their 30s or maybe in their 20s, too. But, you know, we have been raised petrified of getting pregnant. You know, use birth control. Don't get pregnant. Um, you need your career or enjoy your, your relationship first. You can have kids later. But for some, it was the time when they discovered getting pregnant wasn't as easy as our moms scared us into believing. And then you start discovering you've got some problems getting pregnant, maybe some fertility issues. And then you start thinking, what the fuck was I so afraid of back then? If I knew then what I knew now, I wouldn't have freaked out the times I thought I was pregnant because I'm having a hard time getting pregnant. Right? That's pretty much the extent that we would think about with our bodies. Now, again, these are all like, you know, thoughts about people who are healthy and um, not dealing with pervasive medical issues. Right? This is just kind of an overall aging woman kind of conversation we're having. But, you know, the 30s were awesome. Again, too, right? I could go to work on four or five hours of sleep, three hours of sleep, um, and I wouldn't skip a beat. Early 30s, right? Later 30s coming. It gets a little tougher. Maybe you'll take a nap, but you'll definitely uh, be able to do it. So the funny part at this time, though, was I discovered my mom kept an extra pair of underwear in her glove compartment in her car. 
Now, laugh if you will, you young kids, listen up, because I, I had no, <laughs> I had no idea. Um, I don't know where we were going, but I know I opened up the glove compartment to look for a napkin or something. And all of a sudden, there's her mom briefs, right? You know, those big bloomer briefs that moms wear. Um, and she busted out laughing. I was uh, holding them up. And uh, I held them up and I was like, what the hell is this about? And she just laughed. And she said to me, oh, Marzi, you're going to find out one day. Now wrap them up and put them back in, in the glove box. So, right, little things like that. And I would think, nope, that's not going to be me. That's ridiculous. She's crazy. I don't know what the hell she's doing. Um, it was my mom, right? It was just weird. Then along came my 40s. And, and young ladies, listen up here because uh, I'm going to give you a little secret. Sex rocks in your 40s. Actually, your 40s and 50s, sex is the best. And sex is the best because you just stop giving a shit. And you stop worrying about everybody else except yourself. If menopause kicks in early and you don't have to worry about having a, a whoops, there it is, kid, right? Or you just kind of say, fuck it. And you get tired about worrying about anybody else. And it's kind of like, screw this. It's my turn. I'm going to do what I need to do to make me feel good. And you do. You just kind of literally say, fuck it. And, and if you're at this age, right, if you're in your 40s or 50s and you're listening and that hasn't happened yet to you, girl, you just need to stop and kick back and enjoy the ride and just worry about you. Because you all already spent over 20 years worrying about the person you were with instead of yourself, right? I have women who tell me in their sessions, like, you know, I'm just lying there and he's doing his thing and I'm making my grocery list in my head. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, make your freaking grocery list in the kitchen. Like, <laughs> do what you need to do to feel good and stop worrying about him getting off. Worry about you. Um 40s and 50s, girls, sex rocks. Allow yourself to focus more on your own orgasms and your own pleasure. Right? Having your period and menopause at this time of your life, it changes so much. All right? Menopause, like, it just was exhausting. Having your period is like having the house guest that will never leave. You think they're gone, right? They're not around. You haven't heard from them. And then all of a sudden, boom, there they are. It's kind of like walking into the kitchen and you're like, motherfucker, you're still here. There you are. You're not gone yet. And then you got to wait a whole nother year before you can say confidently, yes, they're finally gone. Jesus. <sighs> Menopause is, is not easy. And I don't care what anybody says, my generation was not raised to have any understanding of what menopause does to us. So while we're waiting for our periods to leave, the rest of our body is all messed up, right? The horrible panic attacks. Um, our hormones are all over the place. You will literally, another thing my mom always did, she would start crying at commercials. I never understood it, right? 
the the coffee, the the Maxwell House commercial at Christmas time, where the kid comes home and surprises his parents with the coffee in the morning. Um, oh, she would ball her eyes out, and I'd be like, "What the fuck are you crying at? It's a coffee commercial. It makes no sense." But this is what happens during menopause. Your brain's gonna get foggy, and you're gonna get forgetful. And you know what? You're going to start sounding like your mom. You're going to be like, where are my keys? Did I turn the stove off? Where were we going? Did I pay that bill? And you start thinking, what the hell is wrong with me? Am I going crazy? And here's a little, a little tip. If you think you're going crazy, you're not. Crazy people don't know they're going crazy, but you really start thinking that you're crazy and you're losing it, right? And then let's throw in the hot sweats, right? Your own private summer, as I used to call them. All of a sudden, your body becomes fucking Chernobyl, right? This crazy nuclear power plant and your own personal reactor suddenly explodes and you start oozing sweat everywhere, even places that you didn't even know you could sweat from. And I'm not talking like just under your boobs. I'm talking the crease of skin behind your kneecap or behind your ears or your earlobes. And it just, the sweat just drips off you, right? So you're sitting there praying. Nobody notices. But we're just kidding ourselves because there is a literal waterfall of sweat now dripping off of the crown of my head onto my shirt. And I remember, right? I remember doing dishes with mom and her whipping open the window over the kitchen sink. And it was like a blustery, breezy, wintry day. And all I hear is whoosh and her kicking open the window and her going, whoo, whoo, oh, that feels good. As she was waving air on herself to kind of cool herself down from the hot flash. And again, I say to myself, that's not going to be me. Well, mirror, mirror on the wall. I am my mother after all. Now, you can listen to this again and think, that's not going to be me. But <laughs> guess what, kids? <laughs> I could lie down at 10 o'clock at night to go to bed. And by 11 o'clock, an hour later, I am having the should I get up and pee conversation in my head. I have not even been asleep. I might not have even dozed off yet. And I am having a full-blown conversation trying to rationalize. If I get up now, maybe I won't have to get up around 3 to pee. But I wonder if I can hold off until three. And then I roll over and I'm like, okay, let me position my body to see if I cannot get up to pee yet. Uh, I think, Jesus, Mary Ellen, just get up and pee. Just get up and pee and then you'll be able to fall asleep. But this conversation, this debate, that pretty much goes on for at least a good five or ten minutes. And more times than not, I get up and I go to pee at 11 o'clock. And then I go right to bed and I fall asleep. And then sure as shit, around two or three in the morning, I wake up. Why? Because I have to pee again. And if I don't go then, then definitely by five o'clock in the morning. And just like my mom, I am shuffling my ass back to the bathroom, waiting for 
my body to pee, and then shuffling my ass back to bed. And then I lie there and forget about it. Then the brain starts, and we're going through everything we need to do during the day. Right, so if you think that part's not going to happen, where you're peeing a few times a night, surprise, surprise, (laughs) it's going to happen. And the extra pair of underwear my mom used to keep with her? Well, (laughs) I can say you think you're not going to pee a little when you sneeze or laugh too hard, but surprise, surprise, you're going to. And you're going to be devastated the first time it happens. You're going to just be beat red, and you're going to excuse yourself, and you're probably going to be upset. But let me tell you, you are not alone. Because so many women go through that. You could Kegel exercise all you want. A point in time is going to come where something's going to drip out of your body. So you can be prepared and have an extra pair of underwear with you in your glove box of your car. Or you can ride it out and think it won't happen to you. And then those hot flashes. Well, I got to tell you, I can remember sitting at meetings Uh, morning staffing meetings at a job I had at a rehab and uh, my face would just feel beat red and my heart would be pounding out of my chest and I would have horrible anxiety and then I would feel the waterfall of sweat just dripping just dripping Um, and I would. I would sit there and be like, I wonder if anybody could notice. I wonder if anyone sees I'm having a hot flash, right? Who was I kidding? Of course you did. I was suddenly beat red, and I looked like I had fucking Niagara Falls dripping off my nose and, and down my shirt. So these things are going to happen, right? But let's focus on the positive shit that's going down these days for aging women. I personally, I think we rock. First of all, Going through this aging process is a gift that not everybody gets. And so we're blessed. And then I think about the women we grew up with, right? Those TV and movie stars that that we grew up with in the 70s and 80s. People like Brooke Shields, Drew Barrymore, Justine Bateman. Have you seen Justine Bateman? All right, no offense, she's got lots of wrinkles, but you know what's cool? She don't give a shit. These amazing women we grew up with, they're having hot flashes, they have gray hair, and they're showing us their wrinkles, and they are not apologizing one minute for it. They're not explaining, they're not apologizing, they're not rationalizing. They're pretty much saying, screw you, this is me. And what I have to say and what I think is way more important than my hair color. All right, listen, we live in this world where there is this underlying pressure to look right, to have our hair proper, to not have wrinkles. I mean, think about the products that are out there, right? Tighten your skin, get rid of the bags under your eyes, remove liver spots and sunspots. There's big money convincing us that we're not enough and that we need products to make us look younger and better. Well, I got to say, I am thrilled that there is this trend and this trend is changing how women are viewing themselves. And, And we're pretty much saying like, fuck you, this is who I am. I don't need Botox. 
I don't need to dye my hair. I'm beautiful the way I am. Um, and God, it is just such a refreshing point of view, right? And for those women who are comfortable saying, look, this is me, right? Tracy Chapman and her gray hair. Joni Mitchell, God love her. She's in her 70s. They bring a chair out for her and she sits and still sings beautiful, makes beautiful music, right? They're saying, look, I still have value and I still have worth. And I think for us to be able to sit there and be who we are and where we are at in our life stage, it encompasses our self-esteem. And I'm talking like, if we don't fit in the box, hooray. If you don't fit into somebody else's definition of who you should be or what you should look like, I think that is fucking awesome. I think it is the most wonderful message to everybody who is listening to not be apologetic for who we are, where we're at, and what we look like. I think we need to wear it proudly. And just like Brandy Carlisle sang, all of these lines upon my face will tell you the story of who I am. So many stories of where I've been and how I got to where I am. Uh, the words are something like that. My point is this. I dig my lines on my face because there is so much behind them. I hope you reach a point in your life where you treasure the lines and you treasure your gray hair and you treasure the sunspot and you don't apologize for it because there's a whole story behind it that you lived and that's a wonderful thing. I want to thank you for joining me on Resilient She today talking about aging and I'm happy to share with you in two weeks with our next production I'm gonna have a guest. I'm gonna do a new segment called Talk With Me Emmy, Mary Ellen Evers, and I've invited a friend of mine who is this amazing, resilient woman who is a badass. That's all I'm going to tell you, but uh, she's going to be joining me in our next podcast that falls down on, I believe, the 29th, but until then, uh, you are beautiful. Thank you for listening. Kick ass, ladies. That's who we are. We are Resilient She. I say it at the end of every podcast, I really do appreciate you listening, and I totally appreciate you sharing with your friends the podcast. As ever, if you are dealing with intense feelings of depression, thoughts of self-harm, or harming someone else, please reach out. Let a family member know. Let somebody who care knows you matter. You totally matter. 
If you need to head over to an emergency room at your local hospital, do that or a crisis center and they can get you the help they need. If you're having some emotional issues and you need a little support, remember too in the U.S., pound 988 will provide you with 24-7 support from a trained peer specialist as well. Thanks again for listening to Resilient She.